All right, just to start this off weird for whatever reason, uh, a lot of people don't know this. I record this in the dark and I just realized how weird that is because obviously this is an audio only experience. If I never would have mentioned this, you never would have known this. And I just, I don't know. I wanted to start off being honest. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tapstream Podcast. This is episode nine. Uh, we're tuning in here. Uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, this is a podcast that is a weekly update on what I do. If you don't know who I am, I'm Trey from the Tapstream. I stream on Mixer where we play video games. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, usually the format of the show is me talking about what I've been playing, what I've been watching, and any other kind of extraneous updates on the stream. Uh, this week we're going to go ahead and jump into what I've been playing because I've actually got a pretty hefty list and I uh, am excited about that. If you've been listening to the previous episodes, I have been discussing my time with Twilight Princess. Um, it was my first time playing it. We started it back in December and I finally finished it this past Tuesday. Um, and it was a really fun experience. I, I've talked about it before where there are some points in games where I have reached my fill. And I hate how that has a bit of a negative connotation because it just seems like, oh, I'm ready for it to be done. It's more of a positive feeling. Like I had already gotten everything that I wanted to get out of the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, and I was more than happy for it to, to finish. And it did. It um it wrapped up precisely when I needed to, and that was that's a really hard mark for games to land. And so that was cool to see that that happened. Um I don't know where it would fall let me try and think of that where would it fall if i ranked my twilight my zeldas right now breath of the wild still number one after that ocarina of time link to the past twilight princess and wind waker which i feel <laughs> i feel like that is the vanilla vanilla list order but uh that's me that's on brand um yeah i don't know what, how much i can say that i haven't been talked about in the other ones i just wanted to make sure that i did put a bow on it let you know that i did finish it um and it was a fun time uh, another thing that I, I finally got a chance to play which has been out for a while um and i'm surprised it took me this long to get to it but it's the final dlc for spider-man on the ps4 um if for those who didn't know it was an expansion and that was broken up into three parts released over three months and the third one released in december and i finally got a chance to play it and I'm struggling to ultimately, I don't want to be overly negative, but I feel the DLCs of Spider-Man definitely tread in the too much of a good thing category. Um, if you, if anybody would ask me during the stream, I would say any excuse to play Spider-Man is a good excuse. And I, I stand by that because the mechanics themselves are fun. Um, but it, it honestly felt like a lot of the challenge in the DLC was them just throwing enemies at you um for example the um, the i don't i can't remember if it was a new type or if it was just a beefed up type of the normal campaign games but a lot of the machine gunnery guys the huge hefty dudes i felt like i just kept throwing myself against the wall of their annoyingness um and it never felt fun challenging it felt stressful challenging and so that honestly kind of mars it a bit the story was fine um i think anytime something is told episodically i don't focus on it as much as i would normally do in a campaign that is a lot more focused and directed um and even on top of that the one memorable part of the spider-man 3 
mean the spider-man ps4 dlc is something that was almost it was a side quest and if i would have missed it that wouldn't have been i would have been really upset by that because it was such a prominent moment that has future characters and god this is so hard trying to stay away from spoilers regardless it had implications for a certain character that has gone off the rails for those in the know you know who i'm talking about um and i would have been so sad to have missed that because it's a huge character um and to be left on that cliffhanger was a satisfying moment um but again going back to the lack of focus um i don't know how i feel about that but yeah but that's that um i I did finally get to use the the sam raimi spider-man suit which i i feel bad like i never want to say that i was in the crowd of wanting it because they had created such a horrible name for themselves that i didn't want to be associated with it but i legitimately like the sam raimi suit a lot um so i'm not happy with the way the internet reacted to it quote-unquote not being in the game and then revealed to be a surprise suit but I am happy that I am getting to finally use it. Um, I have been using the Stark suit for, I would say, 90% of my gameplay and only when I'm forced to use something else due to the narrative of the story. Um, I had been using the Stark suit. The Raimi suit was the first one to kind of like break me away from that. And honestly, it just has a lot to do with touching on the nostalgia nerves that I had grown up with because the the Tobey Maguire movies were the Spider-Man the Spider-Man movies that I associated with for the longest time, uh, like I still remember being a kid and excited and jumping up and down when I first saw the trailer for those. So it was really cool to see that brought to the game world. And even more so that that suit is essentially the suit that was in the Spider-Man 2 original Xbox game. So it just made it feel like I was playing that game, but better. Um I don't know. Overall, it, I'm happy with the experience. I'm, I'm, I don't regret buying the expansion pass for the Spider-Man DLC, but I will say that it definitely tre- treads on the too much of a good thing territory. Um, and especially like God, I, I the first one, I did a lot of the side quests. Um, I made it a point to kind of clear out the crimes, do um, do well. I didn't do all of it, but I did. Who is that side boss? I just had him. I want to. It's not slingshot. I'm gonna look it up. Hold on. This is so professional. Spider-Man. Uh, side boss streamer. Who is it? I know. Just by saying that, I know you are already knowing who I'm talking about. Sorry. Hold on. It's the person that streams themselves. Totally doing dead air. This is professional. Oh my god, they're giving... Screwball! Thank you. Okay, so Screwball was the character. I did not like that character in the base game. So to see that a majority of the side stuff in the DLC centered around them was not fun. Um, Again, I don't know if maybe I'm being overly critical because I'm a streamer. Uh, Screwball is a parody of what, I guess, the original creator of that character believes streamers to be, or those people that are very media-focused. And so it just feels like it's a mirror that looking into a mirror that doesn't like me. And I get it's supposed to be exaggerated and over the top. Um, It's just uncomfortable to play in a stream experience, like hearing um, that character present themselves. Again, I'm totally okay recognizing that that's a hang up on me, but 
it just still didn't make it comfortable. And not to mention, like, I didn't like the base mechanic of their tasks. Um, and the best I can describe it is um, Screwball would give you these certain challenge areas you could go to or you would have to complete tasks uh, in a certain amount of time to earn points and then you get ranked that way. The thing with Screwball, though, is since they were quote-unquote streaming that event, you would have to complete those tasks in a certain moving target. Uh, and if you did not complete those tasks in that moving target then it did not count. And so I just did not find any fun in that kind of gameplay. And it could have changed because I only tried it in the first game, the first DLC. Um, I, I just, I didn't feel compelled to keep doing that in DLC two and three. Um, and and I don't know. I just, I wish there would have been more than than that for me to tackle on. Maybe there was, maybe I just didn't pay enough attention, but I had I was pushed away from that. Um, and it was funny, I, I, I remember I made a comment, because whenever you load up the Spider-Man PS4 UI, it'll tell you the percentage for the base game, the first DLC, second DLC, and third DLC. And you could see, like, I had, like, 96, uh, 90, 70, and I would, I would, I don't even know how worse it got, because <laughs> I had just kind of given up on doing any of that other stuff. Um, so, yeah, there are, there are rumors, don't know that there will be more i was under the impression that the three expansion pieces were all we were going to get before they probably hunkered down and started working on a sequel but last i heard on the twitter grapevine uh is that they have been teasing some fantastic four content now that could be as simple as just updating a spider-man suit um that could be as simple as maybe having some easter eggs because the game is already chock full of easter eggs or it could be downloadable narrative expansion. Um, we don't know yet. There's no confirmation. Uh, the only thing I, I remember uh, was I think it was Marvel Studio Game Studios or something. It was a Marvel gaming related official Twitter account that teased a Spider-Man Fantastic Four update. And it was supposed to happen the next day of that post. And I kept my eyes to it and I never saw anything. So I don't know if I missed it or if there's just some behind the scenes stuff going on. But... I don't know. I want it. <laughs> um, and so that's about it. That's all I have to say for Spider-Man. Uh, the other game that I got to play was a game called Grease, which is an indie game spelled G-R-I-S. It is the Spanish pronunciation of gray, Grease. Um, and it's this indie game that's very, very sim simplistic in the way that it tells its story. It's more visual-based than any dialogue or, or audio um, and you play as this woman protagonist who awakes with her voice missing. And that pretty much is where it drops you. And you can tell it's a very heavy game because they are defeated and they are, are making their way across this. I don't even know how you would describe I want to say post-apocalyptic, but it's just this dreamlike state that comes to life the more that you progress and you interact with it and you confront how do I want to describe it? You confront beings for what I interpreted as manifestations of your own fear, your own doubts, and, and your mortality. At least that's the way I took it. I lean more, because I've read into some analysis of what the game is. The thing that hit me the most, and I'm not going to get into spoilers, but the thing that hit me the most is that it almost felt like this main character was fighting against their mortality and accepting it. And so that that god dang it's so hard not to talk about spoilers the way that unfolds itself across the game and again simply told it's 
left to interpretation, but done so in a way that once you finally finish the experience, it is breathtaking. And I ended up stopping the stream earlier when I finally finished it because it's a short game. I beat it in like four hours and I normally stream for five. Um, maybe it was four and a half hours, so it was probably only 30 minutes early. Um, so yeah, I, I, I beat it and I just kind of sat there and I don't want to say empty. That's not the right word. I just felt overwhelmed with emotions and trying to process what I had just seen. And to the point where my chat was like, okay, uh, you could just like call it here. That's a lot to take in. And plus I didn't know where to go from there. Like there was nothing that I wanted to stream after that because it was such a moving experience that I just wanted to, to ponder over it in a dark area, kind of like this recording session. Um, so yeah, I cannot recommend Greece enough. It is a wonderful experience and it's such a short experience that you can do in one sitting that it's almost like, yeah, like there's, there's no question. Just try this game and see if it's for you. I know I hate the term walking simulator and I'm not even going to pretend like this is a walking simulator. Um, I hate the term walking simulator because I think it's disingenuous, but it is a game that I think the narrative is more, the narrative experience is more, more front and center than actual gameplay the gameplay itself is not hard there there are some puzzles um they're not challenging uh again a special case for me since i do stream there were times where i got distracted by chat and wasn't paying attention but even still i was able to do the puzzles no problem and i i think you can too it is much more about the experience of greece than it is um the challenge so if that sounds interesting to you any inkling of that sounds interesting to you i cannot recommend this game enough uh, it is available on the Nintendo Switch and Steam, and you should play it. Uh, finally, on the what I've been playing list, I do want to go ahead and make a quick update. Uh, we've been talking about Mega Man 11 every now and then. It's become this backup game that I've been playing, um, and it is my first Mega Man game that I've actually put in a significant amount of time. I've played some of the Mega Man Legacy Collection, but it was just way too hard, and I ended up bailing on it. Um, and so I don't know where I thought I could do Mega Man 11, but we did. Um, so I, I mentioned that we beat Twilight Princess. That was on Tuesday. And whenever we finished that, I still had a significant, significant amount of time left on stream. So I loaded up Mega Man 11. Um, I've been working on the first boss block man for about a week and a half, maybe longer. And I kept getting close, but I had not made it to the final boss. Um, Tuesday night, I ended up making it to the final boss, and I got him down to his, because the fight is broken up into three stages, and I had got him down to his third stage, and he beat me, and I was just, like, depleted, like, I had worked so hard to get to that point, because it is a grind, like, a lot of the way Mega Man 11 functions is that it throws a lot of you at once, so almost in a death is your teacher kind of way, you just make small progress remember and learn through repetition of death um so getting to the final boss and learning everything i need to know and thinking that i had it in the bag and having that like pulled out from under me it just it kind of destroyed me on tuesday and so that following wednesday whenever we went to go play spider-man dlc and beat that um i loaded up Mega Man 11 again and i was i was able to beat the boss and that feeling that that winding up of frustration and then the release the cathartic release of finally beating the boss was astounding i'm in love with Mega Man 11 if you can't tell i will not make any um 
concessions it is hard it is a very difficult game but if you were the kind that likes like dark souls cuphead uh super meat boy these challenging experiences you owe it to yourself to play Mega Man 11 i'm a newcomer to Mega Man in general but my god i want more um i kind of wish i would have bought this game because i got this through gamefly um if i keep it <laughs> if i keep it any longer then i could have paid for it fully than what i've been paying my membership so i might have to send that back soon but regardless um i've been having fun with it uh for now so yeah that should be wrapping up the what i've been playing section it, again if you know me you know that i'm a streamer on mixer um just kind of a bit of a preview this drops monday uh the 28th uh that uh so the 29th we're going to be starting a new stream week which will be super meat boy um i have played this game before but i've never given it like serious dedicated time so we're going to see you know what it's like if i can finally beat it um i am i've i've pronounced myself as a bit of a platformer expert so uh we're going to put that to the test and see if i can finally beat this game um that'll be on tuesday and thursday wednesday is our monthly community night where we'll be playing a game called light bearers and mario kart 8 deluxe um it's gonna be interesting this is the first community night we've done since i've been streaming for five hours uh so i'm actually gonna front load the stream with some solo play just to give people time to get off work and kind of get a feel um for who will or won't be available to do community night games um, if you're new to streaming, uh, essentially what it is, is I community nights are where I will invite the chat to come play with me. We'll play multiplayer games like Mario Kart and light bearers. But the hangup is if nobody's there to play, then you kind of got nothing to do. <laughs> and so I've always been very anxious about doing this, but my community is so amazing that they show up all the time and play and make it a worthwhile experience. But since this is a new time slot, I wanted to test the waters a bit maybe we can get to a point where i do feel comfortable starting off with multiplayer games from the get-go but until then i'm just going to kill time to win our normal old schedule community night would have been just to see we'll, we'll play it by ear if people show up early enough we can do some games um but it'll be a learning experience nonetheless okay that's it for video games uh we're gonna jump into what i've been watching slash reading i actually have a uh yeah slash reading i kind of put the cart before the horse on that one uh what i've been watching is a very limited one but i wanted to make note of it because i thought it was an interesting concept uh that i've heard a lot about but i have yet to actually watch down watch a whole series uh it's called comedians and cars getting coffee the jerry seinfeld show where he interviews comedians and just kind of talks them through their life and it was uh it was a really fun show i watched the zach galifianakis episode and they got into the subjects about what what privacy means for somebody of celebrity status and it was just a very interesting conversation it was very i hate to use the word chill it was a chill conversation between jerry seinfeld and zach athlinakis and i i i was sold on the show i've only ever seen that one episode uh i might try and make it a point to watch more um i've I've got nothing to say, so I'm going to move to the next thing. Uh, like I said, this is normally what I do, though, what I've been watching, but I haven't watched too much. I have been reading, which is one of my New Year resolutions, and I wanted to talk a little bit about those. Um, at the tail end of last year, a dear Christopher, uh, if you're familiar with the stream, uh, recommended an author by the name of Seth Godin. He is a brilliant marketer, and he just is elaborate. No, that's not the word I want to use. Come on. 
eloquent. He is eloquent in the way that he puts forth his thoughts. And I have been reading his blogs, which I think he does daily. He just posts them and, and they're just insightful pieces. And I've listened to a podcast with him on it with the Tim Thayer show. And I have finally read a couple books by him. Uh, I've technically read three, but that was last year. So I'm going to focus on this year. The two books that I read by him are called Purple Cow and The Dip. Uh, again, Seth Godin, S-E-T-H-G-O-D-I-N. Um, and they've been kind of the North Star for how I've been directing my stream over the, uh, you know, over the month, the first month of 2019. God, is it still? Wow. It feels like it's been so long. It's only January. Never mind. Uh, regardless, Purple Cow. Essentially, the, the premise of the Purple Cow is, you know, when you're young and you pass by, you know, a bunch of grazing cows on the side of the road and it's just remarkable and it's it's awesome as a kid because you're learning what's new and, and it's entertaining to see these cows. And as you grow up, you've passed those cows a million times. They're no longer remarkable. They're just kind of there. Um, you're used to them and they're boring. Now, purple cow, if you saw a purple cow, that would be new. That would be remarkable. You would want to talk about it. You would want to share it with people. So that's where the name comes from because he talks about positioning and finding ways to do things differently and to really evaluate your process and see what you've kind of stagnated in and find ways to just stand out. To put it in context of what I've been doing, I would argue that me moving from Twitch to Mixer is my purple cow. Everybody knows what Twitch is. Everybody knows what a streamer is over there. Um, everybody knows the norm for Twitch. Me moving to Mixer not only gets to, to shake things up um, among the people who were familiar with me on Twitch, it also gives me a chance to stick out over on Mixer as well, who is still growing. Um, so it's that kind of thinking about positioning that has been really insightful for me. And I can't, for anybody that's making content creating, not even, not create, <laughs> let me restart that. For anybody that's making content online or content creators, you need to be paying attention to Seth Godin. I cannot recommend this guy enough. It will help you start to figure out what you're doing and how to be more purposeful with the things that you make. Um, and to go hand in hand, the second book is called The Dip. And it is essentially about knowing when to give up and knowing when to persevere. I don't know how I feel about this one too much. It was a bit of a shorter read, and I think a lot of it was kind of, you know, you like common sense. I hate to say that, but I mean, it was just basically like learning to distinguish between when to give on give up on something that's not working and when to continue persevering on things that have a a, a dip. For again, the title of the book, for example. What he refers to as the dip is the time from beginner's luck where you start off on this peak, you know, everything's going great, you've had success, that's beginner's luck, and then you fall into this dip where you're learning and finding ways to break through to the other side of this trough where you would call yourself an expert. Now, different things have various dips that you need to get through, and the larger the dip, the more rewarding the other side is, and that's purposeful because you want to weed out people that aren't built for the expert side. I hope I'm making sense here. For example, uh, to become a lawyer, the bar exam is incredibly difficult because they want to weed out all the people that say they want to be lawyers, but maybe they're not putting in the effort and the time and the hard work that people who actually go on to become lawyers are. So recognizing when you're in a dip and if you're capable of withstanding all those 
tribulations. Wow, that's too strong of a word for that, but we're going to go with it. Um, recognizing when you just need to stand your ground and keep persevering is, it was a good book. It was a good read. I think it was a little bit too short and too simple in the, the comments inside. But regardless, I think it's still a fun read, so do it. God, I think I contradicted myself five times. Podcasting is hard. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah i've read i've read two books and my goal is to read eight books for the year so we're doing pretty good um the next book that i'm thinking i'm going to read because again the, that was recommended to me by dear christopher chris my good friend he uh he sent me three more books uh two by seth godin and another by another person i can't remember the title off the top of my head but um yeah i'll be checking those out at some point but for now i think i'm gonna actually do a bit of a different read um it is dune uh dune has a upcoming movie by and i purposely googled this name because i know i've been getting it wrong and i want to pronounce it correctly denise villeneuve <laughs> i know i butchered that essentially the person who did um blade runner 2049 god dang it i'm gonna google this i'm sorry steven i get it wrong Okay, uh, da, 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 da. Arrival, Blade Runner, 2049, Sicario Prison. I this If I was hard-pressed to give an answer for who my favorite director is right now, it would be Denise Villeneuve. This dude is amazing. Um, Arrival is one of the best sci-fi movies that I have seen in years. Um, Blade Runner 2049 was just a breathtaking experience. It was a slow burn but i like those kinds of movies um i don't know i just if you have not seen any of those movies i listed arrival blade runner 2049 sicario in prison do yourself a favor catch up on the sky you'll not be disappointed and given that i am excited that his next movie is dune um so i'm gonna go ahead and read it i normally watch the movies first but i think it might be fun to kind of read the book first and see how things come uh to fruition so yeah, that'll that'll be what I've been doing as far as like entertainment of reading and watching. Um, just to give, um, no, not just to give. That's a bad way to introduce this. Finally, I I recently took a trip to go hang out with dear Christopher and and Chelsea, two good friends of mine that I've known for a really long time. Um, you know, we. <sighs> Again, trying to be careful here because I don't want to give away locations, even though I think they're okay with it. Um, but I'm, I'm going to err on the side of caution. I'm not going to give too many specific locations. Essentially, we got together this weekend. They're a bit of a, a drive away from me, two hours to be exact. Um, we got to catch up, hang out, and visit some places. And they were incredibly kind and gave me a Christmas slash birthday slash stream anniversary gift, um, which was this custom designed Xbox One controller that mirrored the colors of the tap stream which is the blue and white uh and on top of that they custom created a skin to place on the front of the controller um that was made up of various iconography of the tap stream is that putting too much importance on myself essentially like community art that has been brought forward from the time that i started streaming until recently and they it's a time capsule and i i honestly wanted to cry when i opened it uh because it was just it's it was a surreal experience to see um three years of work distilled into a nice little memento and yeah, i don't know i posted it on all my social media i'll be sure to link it in the uh, description of the podcast you're listening to so if you want to see it 
you can do that. Um, just go to the info and you'll probably find a link. Uh, if you're listening to it on the website, I'll post it on the website, on the podcast episode link so you can see it there. Um, it was beautiful and it, it really meant the world to me to, to see that thing. And so, yeah, that was a, that was a, a hell of a way to start off the weekend. Um, from there, we just went out and, and they showed me around a couple of places. We visited a, um, we visited like different shops that had like knickknacks and kind of art, uh, cool art from all over the world. Um, we went to one uh, shop that had salvaged boat wreckage and it was really cool to kind of go around and look at the different parts and, and see honestly the scale of some of these equipment. Um, like they had like, um, what's it called uh why am i gonna bail on this like they're just giant lights what are they called on boats i'm sounding like an idiot i'm gonna move forward uh so we went there we they took me to like this candy candy slash bakery um where they were like making all sorts of sweets and goodies and they actually had a display where there was a um there was a person who was making taffy like he had a huge mass of saltwater taffy and he was kind of like folding it and pressing it and stretching it out and then he ran it through this machine that stretched it and aired aired it out even more and he would like put it into this machine that would individually wrap it and cut it off and then he was chunking it into the crowd and it was a it was an experience like it was really cool and then the, the taffy tasted amazing um i don't know i i had fun with that uh and then it got a little bit late so we were waiting and killing time till a scheduled escape room that we were going to go to um and they took me to this hotel that was supposedly haunted um apparently where we are this is an area that is known for being filled with haunted stories and so it was kind of cool to kind of get a glimpse at one of them to the point that they went and they showed me a picture that was hanging in one of the hotel lobbies and chris pointed it out to me and said hey look at this photo does it look like anything to you and i at first i didn't notice it and then he told me to focus on the door and when i looked you could see what looked like a, a visage of a of a human form now again i will link to it in the description if you want to see it it was really creepy um but cool at the same time it makes me want to if you two are listening go on some haunted hotel tours the next time we get together um but yeah i thought that was of noteworthy um and then we ended the we ended the night by doing an escape room uh which i am slowly becoming addicted to if you've never done one obviously they lock you in a room and they give you a set of tasks to complete in a certain amount of time to see if you can escape the room um different rooms have varying degrees of difficulty uh the one that we did centered around this illegal casino that was very famous for being a very long building that took so long to get through that by the time the police arrived and got to the back of the building where the the gambling was held um the people in the back were notified before the the police raids so the way that our particular escape room was set up was that we had to escape the room before the police raids came in and um we did not succeed (laughs) which I think we would have. We there was a series of puzzles that we had to do. We got to the second to last puzzle, and we we messed up. We were we were reading the code wrong, so we were doomed from the start. But it sounded like if we were able to get past that, the final puzzle wasn't set correctly. So even if we would have been able to get past the one we got stuck on, we would have ran out of time anyway. So I'm not horribly upset about it. I thought we did incredibly well for unknowingly taking their hardest room. Um, 
and I don't know, we kicked ass. There were so many puzzles um, that I don't want to spoil, which again, if you don't know which one we're going to, so it doesn't really matter, but they were intricate. They were very intricate puzzles and you felt like a genius every time that you were able to figure one out. So I think each one of us had just standout moments where it was like, oh my God, I can't believe you figured that out. Um, that was really fun. I, I really enjoy escape rooms. If you've never gotten a chance to do one, make sure that you take the time to do it because uh, it will be a very memorable experience. <sighs> but yeah, that's about as uh, as detailed as I can get. It was a very fun week and I'm, I'm very fortunate to hang out with uh, Dear Christopher and Chelsea. I'm going to link to both of them. Uh, Dear Christopher actually has just recently started streaming on Mixer, mixer.com slash Dear Christopher. Um, he... Uh, somebody he's been talking about for a while so it's really cool to see him do that um chelsea is a wonderful blogger um she has recently started one up uh, everything is daisy i will make sure to link to it specifically in the, the description because i want to make sure i get that right so you can go and check her blog out there as well um very fortunate again they showered with showered me with kindness the entire weekend and the controller was just cherry on top of how amazing they are um so yeah that'll be about it i i think i covered pretty much a lot of the stream updates i would have talked about anyway in the first section so we don't need to go over that again um i i guess i'll do my whole ending spiel if you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to hit that subscribe button no matter where you're listening to uh rate it star it comment whatever you got to do share it with friends if you think somebody would be entertained by it um you know all that stuff definitely helps me if you're entertained by me you can follow me at the tab stream on twitter facebook youtube instagram all those places doing all the things um i post bite-sized versions of the stream there so it's a little bit easier to digest um and you can share those with friends as well uh the tapstream.com you can go and find the podcast there with more descriptions you can find a link to our discord and the menu tab um it's open to anybody and we'd love to have you and uh yeah and of course finally as we always like to end it uh i want to ask people what's been the highlight of your week if i had to say it the highlight of my week is without a doubt the con- the gift uh controller that chelsea and and chris made it mean the- it meant the world to me and um you'll see it and you'll see how special it is once you look at the picture um but that'll about do it tell me what this highlight of your week is at the tap stream on any social media platform uh use the hashtag the tap stream highlight and i will find it and that will do it this week again thank you all for listening i really do appreciate it um you're the best keep celebrating i love all your faces Bye bye